1: What is up, Atlanta? And welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. I am your host, Doc Jake Swart, and I'm here with Kyle Capon. He is a wealth of knowledge, y'all. He is a family nurse practitioner, um, really specializing in functional medicine right now. He works over at Stat Wellness. Uh, he has an array of back of uh, disciplines in terms of what he's worked in and who he's helped. And I'm super stoked because today he is going to be educating us all a little bit more on how to get appropriate sleep, why sleep is so important, and what some of the negative connotations and positive benefits can be of sleep. So Kyle, man, I really appreciate your time topping on this podcast with us.
2: Thank you so much, Jacob. I'm really excited to be here and uh, been a pleasure working with you around town and uh, I'm excited to get cracking.
1: Yeah, man, I think it's awesome. You know, we obviously we we have a pretty good relationship. We we've been able to help each other out, bounce bounce ideas off of each other, uh, work in each other's spaces quite a bit. So um, I'm super excited because you're always a wealth of knowledge and and always thinking. It seems like you always seem to have like a thousand ideas on your mind all at once.
2: Yeah, man, I uh, I just love learning. uh, Even though. I've been in the medical world for well over a decade. I feel like I'm still brand new sometimes learning stuff every day. So it's, it's fun.
1: Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, that's why they call it practicing medicine, right? Like you're, you're always kind of as cliche as that is. It's so true. Um, I mean, I don't think, I mean, you can be in the world of medicine your entire career and you're going to learn something on your last day, just as maybe not just as much, but you're gonna be learning something new every, every day. So, Mm -hmm. um, thanks again for coming on. So, All right, so our topic today uh, with you, Kyle, is sleep, and I'm super stoked to talk about this. It's one of my favorite things. We talk about it a lot with our patients in the clinic, Um, and it's really interesting because um, other than like, uh, there's very few things in life that make you feel as good as sleep does, you know? Um, I was listening to this podcast that said something, like it was like, I'm going to botch the quote, but it was something like, uh, there's... The only other thing that makes you feel better than sleep is sex, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and, I love that. Uh, and it's not very hard to convince people to have sex, but it's super hard to convince people to sleep. And um, and there's an array of benefits. So I guess with um, before we dive into what some of the benefits are, can can you just kind of explain what exactly is sleep and why do we need it?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're totally right. Um, I, I I as well. I, I I've heard people say you know sleep is actually more important than getting good exercise and eating good. Um, obviously we all know we should eat, eat better, make sure we're getting our exercise. But I do think there's kind of a strange, almost a badge of honor that we wear as a culture. If we are able to run on three or four hours of sleep and, oh, Hey, how are you doing? I'm so busy. I'm just so tired. I'm so, you know, and so our culture really sets us up for sleep, really getting pushed to the back burner. Um, In fact, well over 40% of Americans report poor sleep or that they've struggled with insomnia. Uh, well over like one in 10 Americans have been on sleep aid, sleep medication, sleep prescriptions. And so it's a, is a huge issue yeah. um, that most people find that they've really struggled with. Um, and um, yeah, so In general, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Sleep is actually very poorly understood. It's a very, actually, a relatively newer um, area of medical understanding. With the advent of a whole bunch of different types of um, brain scans and different types of technology over the last ten or twenty years, they're actually they're able to understand a lot more what's going on in the brain during sleep. But um, it's still a a somewhat of a mysterious thing. But You know, we know that during that time of sleep, it is um, obviously we go unconscious, which is, uh, you know, I even like to talk about if we really struggle with anxiety or things like that allowing yourself to, to go to sleep is a huge amount of trust, you know, like you're going unconscious, you lose control essentially. And so it's a, it's actually a really, you know, kind of interesting thing from a like metaphysical level, you know, that we um, spend a third of our life unconscious, but there's so much that goes on. Um, there's certain periods, um, so we, we have about five different stages of sleep and the first two stages are called light sleep. And um, that's when our heart rate starts to slow down. Our temperature starts to drop. Our breathing rate starts to go down. Um, and then we enter into stages three and four, which is what we call deep sleep. And this is where we see um, a, a drastic change in brainwave function. Um, this deep sleep is where our brain waves begin to get very long and slow. Okay, um, And, and um, it's a very relaxing and restorative time for the brain. Uh, and then um, in the final stage is called REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement, because this is a stage actually where your brain suddenly ramps up into almost daytime levels of brain activity. And yeah. um, the, there's a lot of things that happen both in that deep sleep and that REM sleep. Um, and uh what we find is that the longer you sleep through the night the more time you spend in deeper sleep and REM sleep which is why it's so critical that um you get a full night's rest because if you're not getting a full and the research shows that most people are in a seven to nine hour range um eight to ten hours depending kind of on how active you are but um you know really pushing into that seven, eight, nine hour range allows your body to get into that deep restorative, um, where place where all of the, um, metabolic and by, bi- you know, biophysical things are going on. And so, um, so yeah, that's, I guess a little bit of what's kind of what sleep is where, um, yeah.
1: Um, nice, man. So the, these stages of sleep, is do we cycle through them? Or once we hit one, are we there? And we're there until we wake up? Or, ex- exactly.
2: Or- yeah. Yeah. So um, great question. We do cycle through them about five to six to seven times during the night, depending, um, they go in about 90 minute cycles. Um, and so, um, you do tend to hit again, those deeper stages from about two to five, um, two to 6 AM. And, um, and so they do cycle, but the, the composition of those cycles changes throughout the night.
1: Interesting. So, okay. So I may be, maybe maybe getting like sidetracked a little ahead in the conversation. So if I was to, so would it be better then to like is it better to wake up at the end of a cycle or is it better to try to get as many cycles as you possibly can and potentially wake up in the middle of one? So like would it be better for me if say it takes wh- what's the average time to get through a cycle? You said about ninety minutes. So would it be about better for me to get through. like two and a half about uh what like um we'll call it three hours worth of sleep and then, uh, wake up and then try to get like a two hour and then try to get like a three hour nap or a three hour nap would be great, but maybe like a 90 minute nap or something like that later on. Or should I try to get as many of those sleep cycles in as I can?
2: As the the more, the more, the better. I mean, the research is really clear on that. Um, there, it is interesting. We'll talk about this a little bit. Um, there, there is something, um, our body runs on circadian rhythms. And again, we'll talk about that. Um, And so we have a a really big um, time of sleepiness from about, like I said, two to two to 5.00 AM, but also about one to 3.00 PM. And so um, there is plenty of good research out there um, that uh, a small nap in the afternoon can be very restorative, but I think for very different reasons. Um, But uh, definitely the continuous sleep, um, through the night is that's where the money is for sure.
1: Nice. So hold on here. You said, well, let's dive right into it. So you mentioned circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have a general idea what that is. They might be able to say, Oh, you know, it's this, but what is circadian rhythm?
2: All right. So, um, our bodies run on, um, essentially a 24 hour time clock and, um, through the eons and eons of humans developing on Earth, um, we have uh, evolved with the sun as our primary driver of um, our sleep and wake cycles and um, For the majority of people, we have about a sixteen um, hour uh, wake cycle and an eight hour sleep cycle mm-hmm. and um, this is driven, again, primarily by light. And um, there are sensors on the back of our eyes on the retina called photoreceptors. And they send when they when sunlight hits them, they send a signal through the optic nerve in the eye to a place in the hypoth- near the hypothalamus called the suprachiasmatic nucleus. Yeah. And uh, this is a spot in the brain um, that has special receptors. And um, that recognize when the light hits it, it triggers a whole Um, set of metabolic and a whole bunch of different functions in the brain. Um, It regulates testosterone release, human growth hormone release, um, Mm -hmm. all kinds of different functions in the body. And so this is, again, really kicked off um, first thing in the morning, um, light hitting that part of your eye. Um, The kind of one of the biggest things that it does is that light actually shuts down the production of melatonin. Um, I'm sure most people have tried some melatonin they found uh, over the counter at the, you know, at the pharmacy. Um, Melatonin is a natural hormone produced in our brain. um, And actually when it gets dark, our body, our eyes sense that and it allows um, our brain to produce melatonin and it gives us that sense of sleepiness and um, kind of triggers a whole bunch of processes in the brain. And so um, light shuts off melatonin and sh- turns on a whole bunch of other hormones and other um, processes in the body. Uh, and then again, that when you're exposed to light and they found that Exposure to light periodically throughout the day is really, really critical. Um, yeah. And then at night, when we when the sun goes down, um, our brain uh, senses that and it shifts um, the actual like biochemical milieu of our brain and, and <laughs> actually shifts things that are that that's going on in there.
1: Nice, dude. That's awesome. So, uh, so did you say that we have our like our circadian rhythm? Yeah. We're, we're most optimal for sleep between 2 to 6 a.m. and 1 to 3 p.m. Did I hear that right? In that, yeah, in that range is when
2: um, we have some, the the circadian rhythm for sleep is really strong that early morning yeah. and early afternoon. And so, okay. um, like, a lot of cultures around the world have, like, a siesta, like in Spain or different parts, you know, that that early afternoon um, Kind of time frame. I'm not yeah. sure what in human history would have driven that, but um, there is some scientific evidence that there's um, actually a time. If you were to take a nap between one and three, you know that would be the best time. Obviously, not more than twenty or thirty minutes is. Ideal. Yeah
1: right yeah you know it, it's really interesting i was listening to um oh man what audio it was like an audiobook or a podcast i can't remember but they were talking about how there's this uh group of special forces where they will take some form of like like concentrated caffeine dosage like uh, like what's called like a five-hour energy shot or something like sure. that and then they'll they'll lay down and they don't even necessarily need to go to sleep but they need to be in a quiet room and like eyes shut essentially for twenty to thirty minutes right after right after lunch or right around like that one to three time frame that you were talking about. Hmm. And then that gets them prepped up and primed and ready to go for like, you know, their afternoon session. Obviously these guys and girls are in a different um different life <laughs> you know yeah, where yeah, yeah. their their, perf- their performance is literally a matter of life and death so they have a lot of research and, and a lot of emphasis on recovery but exactly. that kind of fits the mold and it kind of fits and it just makes kind of sense you know like everyone wants to blame the afternoon like crash on having like a heavy launch which i'm sure doesn't have doesn't help anything but
2: of course yeah uh,
1: i think i i totally agree the natural tendency is to, it, or people just have that that uh tendency to get tired in the afternoon and I think that makes total sense Talk, talking mm-hmm. to you about the circadian rhythms put kind of almost trying to put us to sleep between right. one and 3 or um, yeah. having the strongest drive there so that's really really interesting so okay so is, is that connected with a term called sleep drive or or does our sleep drive drive our circadian rhythm or, or am I completely off on that?
2: No. Well, there are actually two separate things going on in the body. Um, so the, the circadian rhythm is a clock and that is almost, you can imagine it like a time clock where your body is literally counting off that time. Um, and it's really, again, it's a clock that's driven by light driven by the sun. Um, okay. now there's another, um, kind of teeter totter of, a mechanism called a sleep drive. And um, the easiest way to kind of think about this is late at night, um, or, you know, you start to feel more and more drowsy, more relaxed, um, and you feel that drive to go to sleep. It's interesting, you know, we have all these drives in our body, we have hunger drives, thirst drives, sex drives, all these different drives and sleep drive is probably about the only one that we can't ignore you know um, <laughs> right uh, because because um, sleep is just it's, it just shows how absolutely critical sleep is for staying alive mm-hmm. and um, so the primary mechanism that drives uh, that sleep drive is uh, a molecule called adenosine um, okay. and adenosine is a, uh, a breakdown byproduct of uh, something called ATP. Uh, and if we recall from our, our biochem, uh, organic and biochem cellular biology days back in high school, uh, ATP is the primary, uh, energy, um, fuel for every cell in our body, uh, adenosine yeah. triphosphate. And so as our body metabolizes, uh, carbohydrates and fats, Uh, It turns uh, ATP into ADP, diphosphate, and eventually just straight up adenosine. Now, when adenosine builds up in our body over the course of the day, burning fuel for when we work out and when we are thinking and when we're just going about our day um, that adenosine builds up and the more and more that adenosine builds up uh, in the brain particularly uh, it creates uh, the sensation of sleepiness and huh. uh, interestingly um, caffeine. Idea. Yeah. So interestingly, caffeine is an adenosine receptor blocker, and so oh. co- when you drink that coffee, uh, yeah. it blocks the effects of adenosine and um, blocks the effects of, of it making you feel that kind of sleepy. Now,
1: um,
2: obviously, it it's limited to a certain extent. Otherwise, you know, we could drink caffeine, um, <laughs> our body kind of. It was never. Not sleep- the, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's not again. It's not the only system at play. The circadian, amongst other things, are are going to drive that. But um, and that's why you know it's really critical not to be drinking caffeine. It takes about nine hours for caffeine to stop that that effect. Uh, yeah, I don't audience. think people
1: realize how long that half life is.
2: Yeah. It's really long. Um, some people, seven hours, some people, nine, some people, 12, depending on your genetics, you metabolize it at different rates, but even a cup of coffee at noon could be still having its effect at like midnight, one, two o'clock. Uh, and so drinking that three o'clock three o'clock cup of coffee could, uh, cause you'd be waking up at 3 a.m. So uh, it's something definitely to keep an eye on. But yeah, so adenosine is the, so you got your circadian cycle and then that homeostatic mechanism of adenosine. And then as you sleep, that adenosine wears off and your body detoxifies and clears that adenosine out so that in the morning, you have much less of that buildup of adenosine. And, uh, Interesting. Um, and then you have that sense and of wakefulness.
1: Feel- yeah, so- Okay. So does, is it like a checks and balance system? So like if you're feeling like wide awake, but then your sleep. And so denison, adenosine is driving your sleep drive. Correct. Like that's the main layer. I mean, I'm sure it's more complicated than that. Um, But so as we get, so as we get tired, so as nights, so say night, nighttime's coming and you're just not Mm -hmm. that tired, but then does that mean you have low adenosine or how do you, how does that get you have higher? Yep. Even if I'm, even if I'm not, even if I'm not tired, it's like, say like 10 o'clock rolling around and it's black mm-hmm. like outside, but then I'm not tired at all. Would that mean I have lower adenosine building? up? Not
2: necessarily. Um, not necessarily. It, okay. It, yeah. It, cause there's a lot of other things that contribute as well. Sure. Um, sure. uh, you know, like cortisol is one of those things. That's another hormone that our body releases. The cortisol often gets a bad rap. Could we consider it like the stress hormone? Um, yep. and, uh, you know, if cortisol is really high. Epinephrine, norepinephrine, which is adrenaline. If that's you know, that's that can cause us you know a sense of wakefulness. Um, and so there's a lot of other mechanisms at play. Um, and yeah. then um, yeah, but
1: I think that so complicated, man. I, you it know, really is. Yeah, it's something that I mean, I mean, I'm the human body's awesome. <laughs> I mean, mm. I'm blown away by it all the time. I mean, it is such a complicated system. And I mean, this is something that we've been studying forever mm-hmm. and uh um i mean not me we as in you and i but we as in human the, beings the collective yeah <laughs> yeah and uh it is something as simple as sleep like that's just something that we just take for granted but we just don't fully understand it really i mean we're getting better at it yeah. um better at understanding it but um okay so uh, let's let's diverge from like the yeah. mechanism of sleep a little bit, sure, and let's sure. talk about why it's important, so yeah, if, let's talk about from like an athletics and recovery standpoint, sure. like this is something that I see in the clinic all the time, man I have mm-hmm. like i'm you talked about how many people are taking sleeping aids, and I, i'm sure. right I'm blown away by all that every like the amount of intake forms that you know that I look at that have people checking the box as Yes, I'm taking a sleeping aid. Mm -hmm. is really pretty, um, phenomenal, I guess is a word you can say for it, but it's up there. It's way more than you you would think. Um, so what, what's some of the, what would be some of the benefits of sleep on your recovery and athleticism?
2: Oh yeah. So, um, really cool research, uh, coming out of this and they, they do a lot of research on kind of like international kind of high level athletes, but as well as kind of the, the everyday, uh, weekend warrior kind of, kind of folks, but um, we know that during those deep kind of deep sleep cycles, uh, we begin to see uh, a lot of um, cellular recovery. Uh, and so, um, for example, if you're weightlifting and you have a really hard lift and you know it breaks down some of those actin and myosin fibers and uh, creates some, some local inflammation to begin to heal that, um, you know, during sleep is when a lot of that um, cellular healing happens. Um, yeah. and then, but it also begins to, uh, in, you know, decrease the amount of inflammation. Um, especially we see that in people who struggle with maybe chronic pain or things like that. Um, poor sleep increases your body's sensitivity to pain. And so, um, you have a higher or actually a lower pain threshold. So you're sense pain a lot earlier. Um, so a lot recovery is a huge part of that. Um, and they actually have done a lot of studies on, um, Uh, athletes who like uh, six hours or less of sleep versus, you know, six to eight or nine hours of sleep. And those who got less sleep were much more prone to getting injured. Uh, And that there's a lot of different mechanisms for that, but, um, some of that is just, um, muscle strength, tendon strength, nerve function, um, uh, reaction time is a big part of that. So say it was in a contact sport and your ability to dodge and get away from somebody. We know that if you're not getting enough sleep, your reaction time to, to move and get out of the way is going to be much slower, higher level of injury. Um, we know that your motor function is decreased when you sleep, um, We know that, um, yeah, muscle recovery, the big part of that. Um, your muscles um, do a lot of glycation, which means um, the primary energy source of, of every muscle cell in your body is is glucose, uh, glycogen, and so those glycogen stores really build up when you sleep, and so that's why they think that sleep is really critical, especially for high endurance athletes. Um, so folks who are doing your your triathlons and your marathons and and whatnot, um, really getting that high quality sleep is going to be really important because it, it uh, restores all of that muscle glycogen uh, and um, which makes it tough for, you know, those of us who have full-time jobs and then we kind of maybe push it, stay up late with the kids. And then we get up really early to go for that, like 10, 12, 15 mile run. It's (laughs) going to make us really, really, really prone to getting injured um, because we're just that, that sleep piece is not allowing for full full, uh, recovery. Interesting. And, uh, and then of course, um, so motivate and then, then get into maybe some more, um, I guess more of the psychology of, of athletic performance. Um, yeah. sleep is really critical for motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that 40% of people who have issues with sleep have issues with de- depression or anxiety. Um, so not really wanting to get out there, just lack of motivation, lack of drive. Yeah. Um, sleep is really critical for mental focus and clarity. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, important for weightlifting, for being out on the basketball court or tennis court, you know, whatever, having that mental clarity, mental focus, really staying engaged. Um, sleep is one of the most critical things to keep you like, keep you in the moment. Um, stress regulation, you know, if you're not getting good sleep, you're gonna be much more likely to lose your cool or to (laughs) start to develop those negative thoughts. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to succeed. I'm not going to, you know, all of those types of things. Um, Memory and learning. So even from a like muscle memory type, learning new moves, learning new lifts, um, learning new um, parts of a game or whatever it might be, um, memory is really consolidated, especially during that REM Part of your sleep cycle uh, yeah. is when your body consolidates and really solidifies memory, uh, and that's really, really important for uh, sleep itself. Uh, yeah. You know, for athletics as well.
1: I would um, always try to cheat the system in school, man. Like I would yeah. always, uh, you know, the classic thing for college for college students to do is uh, pull all nighters. Yeah. Um, and like I had heard at some point, I think they probably said in a biology class to like talk about REM sleep and how that solidifies your memory and everything. Yeah. So, I'd always try to cheat it and I would try to get three hours of sleep before a test. So, like I try to get two REM cycles in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it works, but uh, it must have worked well enough. But, like, well, uh,
2: I, yeah, you you, you you remember just enough for that time. <laughs> so, stuff's familiar with you. But 10 years yeah. down the road, you're definitely not going to remember it. <laughs> for sure.
1: <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, that's, that's wild. So, like, is there a difference? So, I think one of the things that was, is huge to take away from that is the like life is busy, right? So, Mm -hmm. and and one of the things that tends to get put on the back burner is sleep. Mm -hmm. But it really sounds like that's going to be a a cast. That's going to start a cascade effect that you do not want. (laughs) Like, um, so, you know, but it's really hard to do cause you're busy, you're stressed out from work or you have a long mm-hmm. day at, at, on the job. You come home, like you said, you are taking care of, 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 the little kids, the little kiddos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you stay up a little bit later to maybe catch up on emails or, or, or whatever the case may be. Maybe have a little bit of time with your spouse or significant yeah. other. And then, um, uh, but then you're trying to take care of you at the same time, you know, it's healthy for you to run. So you going to run or work out. So you get up at five o'clock in the morning so you can repeat when, you know, maybe, Uh, we need to figure out how we can instead of trying to just constantly rehab from injury or instead of trying to um, figure out what supplement you should take to improve your workouts maybe the the real trick is let's try to get just a couple more hours of sleep at night or at least start off on an hour worth of sleep at night if you're at that five range let's try to get closer to that seven Uh, that seems like it'd be the real miss the real starting point there and and as clear as that is in the evidence, it's really hard to have that conversation with, with people in, in sure. real life strategy, you know?
2: Yeah. And you know, that's a, it, it is so common and even, I mean, in the, it's crazy that, you know, they've done all this research, even 30 or 60 minutes is a, tr- it creates a pretty dramatic improvement or, um, like lessening of, 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 your health. Um, you know, they even have this, uh, this terminology they call social jet lag, which is, you know, this idea of people who maybe you, uh, this and this really kind of goes back to your circadian rhythms, but maybe you wake up at six and go to bed at, you know, 10 or 11 mm-hmm. um, during the weekdays. And then on the weekends, you go to bed at one and then you wake up at nine. I mean, yeah. that's equivalent to that's equivalent to jet lag. Flying to California or whatever, um, and that totally disrupts your circadian cycles. And um, they've done research where they draw people's blood and they measure all these stress hormones and markers of inflammation, and even just one or two nights of that circadian disruption creates such a huge change. Um, And so, but then likewise, they've shown that people who even 30 minutes, 60 minutes, that little bit of extra sleep um, does have uh, a lot of actual measurable. Uh, changes and improvements and so um, I know it feels hopeless it feels <laughs> like yeah like it's gonna be impossible but um, starting somewhere is gonna be it's gonna have its benefits for sure yeah dude uh, that's awesome so
1: and I, I love that uh, you know you can start small <laughs> you know yeah. like if if you know if you're someone who averages five Ooh. hours a night sleep a night the mm-hmm the goal I don't think would be to like, okay, I mean, in a, in an ideal world, sure. Yeah. Let's get you in nine hours of sleep tonight. You know, like mm-hmm. that's just not yeah. realistic for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but let's start off. If you're getting five, let's try to get five and a half, six, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what are, what are some sleep hacks or, yeah. or some sleep hygiene tips that you may have to help people improve? Maybe not. Or, and you know, this could go along, this can go a long way too. maybe, um, some things that they could do to not just improve the, uh, the quantity of their sleep but Mm -hmm. the quality of their sleep as well.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, going off of, uh, the circadian rhythm thing is probably your best place to start. And so, um, the first thing in the morning is as soon as you wake up, um, uh, getting light to hit your eyes. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, we know that we need a full spectrum of light. The sunlight has over a hundred thousand, they're called lux is how it's measured in, um, in the, um, the light spectrum terms. And, uh, so we need at least five to 10,000 lux to really set off that. Um, and so you can get that from some, some lights, uh, in your house, but really getting outside as early in the morning is really critical. Mm-hmm. Um, but they even show that doing it throughout the day, um, if you got, uh, you're able to take a lunch, break and get outside for 15 20 minutes um, and letting that sunlight hit you um, will really even trigger that um, those circadian cycles you know we go from waking up we get in our car which blocks you know our car windows block uv into the office which you know we're not getting sunlight and then we drive into our garage and we walk inside so people can go a whole day without seeing the sun and so it's just going to dramatically impact that circadian cycle and so as much as possible getting outside is going to be really critical um and then, um, timing of meals and exercise is really critical. Um, uh, and this uh, it takes a little bit of, um, you know, uh, kind of experimentation. Some people, their bodies really tolerate exercise first thing in the morning because meals and food are also um, setters of that uh, circadian clock. And so um, some people, um, they do better exercising or first thing in the morning. Some people are gonna tolerate an afternoon or evening exercise a little bit better. Um, the caveat to that is if you're eating and drinking or eating, uh, drinking alcohol or exercising, any of those things, uh, two or three hours before bed, that's really going to jack up your sleep cycle. Um, And so you really want to keep that two hours before bed as sacred as possible. But, um, you know, so, um, so yeah, the light is going to be your biggest thing Um, at nighttime, two to three hours before bed limiting um, uh, screens are the, the, you know, one of the biggest enemies of good sleep. Um, Yeah. they emit a lot of blue light, blue light triggers that super nucleus in the brain, uh, yeah. which prevents you from making melatonin, the sleepy hormone. And so um, there's blue blocker glasses you can buy. I wear mine started at about seven, eight o'clock. Um, mm. And uh, um, by nine, 10, 1030, I'm I feel great. I'm ready to, ready to go to bed, but <laughs> uh, to crash,
1: yeah. I look,
2: I look like a, like a psycho uh, racquetball player, but um, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't care. I sleep really good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, um, yeah. So doing a blue blocker glasses is a nice, if you have to be on your phones or computer for uh, watching TV or anything like that. Um, but, yeah. you know, really avoiding any sort of uh, stressful uh, things, whether it's uh, social media, um, even scary movies or TV shows that kind of get you a little anxious or get you revved up are going to be um, inhibiting you from getting good sleep. Uh, and then, of course, um, creating what we call that sleep hygiene, that creating that nighttime routine. We know that um, trying to go to bed at the same time is really helpful every night. Um, and Uh, doing things like a cool shower, actually, because one of the things that your body needs to get into that deep stage of sleep is a decrease in your body temperature. And so taking a cool shower will begin to um, lower that body temperature, um, even uh, setting the the air conditioner to a little bit lower temperature maybe around uh, you know 70 degrees 68 degrees if your uh power bill will uh tolerate that gotta do it um, gotta there's do some it. cool uh, there's some cool mats something called a chili pad that you can get it's like a, a water cooling uh pad that you put underneath your sheets and keeps you nice and cool right. um so that's really um so temperature light um and then, uh, of course, like mindfulness meditation, sometimes stress and anxiety are things that can really kind of keep us up. And so beginning mindfulness, there's lots of cool apps like calm, um, and, and different types of uh, mindfulness meditation apps are really cool, uh, to help kind of get to start to calm those, um, racing thoughts and, uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, then it's uh, you know, it's always interesting to track your sleep. There's some something called the Aura ring, um, O-U-R-A. It's a cool ring that you wear and it tracks your sleep and your body temperatures and all kinds of fun metrics and can really um and kind of give you a lot of clues and insights into how to get better sleep. And there's apps for your phone or for your watch um that are Kind of kind of cool stuff to nerd out on if you want to get <laughs> uh, dig in deep um, yeah i can't i can 't fail to mention sleep apnea um, if you or your loved one snores, tosses and turns, gets really bad headaches when you wake up or you feel just super super foggy in the morning you don 't feel rested at all. Yeah. I recommend everybody to get a sleep study, make sure your oxygen levels aren 't just dropping to the tank in the middle of the night because yeah. um, that can lead to. Oh man, heart attacks and strokes and blood pressure issues. I mean, that, the the sleep apnea realm is a uh, nothing you want to mess around with. Um, but uh, yeah, but yeah. So those are some of the main places I like to start with my patients. Um, and uh,
1: yeah, I love it, man. It's like you're creating a little nest for yourself to create a good like night hygiene. You got a dark exactly. room. You know, uh, a yep. dark, cool room. Maybe throw a noise maker on there, get some white noise going. Yeah. Um. And, and you'll be and you'll be sleeping like a baby. So, mm-hmm. Kyle, man, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing of your wealth of knowledge on the topic. Uh, I know I learned a ton. Our listeners will too. Uh, I feel like there's so many rabbit holes that we could continue to go down. Oh man, yeah. But- um it will maybe maybe we'll make this a part two we'll see but um comment if, if people wanted to get a hold of you because you do do or you do a lot of incredible things um for the population mm-hmm. of Atlanta from a functional medicine standpoint um I can't speak highly enough for everything that you do and um the rest of the staff over there at stat wellness so what could be what's a good way to get a hold of you if somebody may be struggling with their sleep or or some other type of Illness or issue or gut issue that they may have would be a good way to get a hold of you.
2: Yeah, so I'm working at Stat Wellness. Uh, you can check out the website, statwellness.com. Um, and uh, if you had any questions for me, you can always email me straight away, kyle at statwellness.com. And, uh, um, you know, I do a free 15 minute consult. So uh, if your questions about what functional medicine is, if you want to see if it's something that would be um, appropriate for you, kind of hear about our practice, um, you can uh, give uh, the office a call or uh, send us an email and we can uh, I talk chat with you for a few minutes and um, see if it's something that would be a good fit.
1: I love it, man. That's incredibly valuable. The, the, and that, not too many uh, primary care providers are going to be willing to give up their time for free. So um, definitely take advantage of that, guys. Um, if you have any questions, see if you'd be a good fit. Uh, like I said, I can't speak highly enough of Kyle and the rest of the staff over there at Stat Wellness. So um, definitely give them a, a ring, an email, whatever the case may be. They'll get your questions answered right away. So Thanks,
2: Jacob, uh, man. Yeah. You're, uh, you're, you're equally a wealth of uh, knowledge and just really positive energy, and I really appreciate you.
1: Oh, man, I appreciate that a ton. Um, sure. Kyle, man, hey, hey enjoy the rest of your evening. It was awesome talking to you and being able to pick your brain a little bit on sleep. And uh, we'll talk soon.
2: Thanks, Jake. appreciate it so much.
0: Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to AthletesPotential.com to learn more.